You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. Thank you so much for joining us all this hour. We're talking about the Flint water crisis. We're talking about the city of Flint, the people who live there, the people who survived this crisis or are surviving this crisis. And right now we want to talk about how those people will be in the spotlight this weekend and next at U of M. There is a new play about the, and it's inspired by those victims of the Flint water crisis. It's called Flint, and it debuts tonight at 7.30 at the University of Michigan's Arthur Miller Theater in Ann Arbor. And right now we are very excited to welcome the creator of that play, the playwright and uh, creator of Flint, Jose Casas. Jose, wel- welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, no, thank you for the invitation. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This is so fascinating, and it's such interesting work. I'm curious, uh, you know, you came to Michigan from California. Uh, how aware were you at the time of what was happening in Flint? And how did you get to the point where you're like, yeah, I need to make a play out of this? Um, I wasn't aware of it, to tell you the truth. And um, during the interviewing process at the university, uh, some people knowing my background as a playwright were like, this is what's happening in the city called Flint. And it boggled my mind and it, it upset me. And I started doing more research and I did more and more and I remember telling myself, if I get this opportunity to teach at the at the university, I want to do this story because a lot of my work, I, at least m- most of my work, is actually based on this idea of social justice. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt that as a member of the University of Michigan, I had a responsibility as an artist to uh, reflect and and speak to this issue and honoring the stories and getting the stories of this community out there. Mm. And what was the process like of, of, you know, going from that idea and this feeling of, of need to do this to actually getting that together? How did you go about creating a play out of this really tragic story? Um, I started doing some basic research uh, once I actually got the position and I just wanted to get a sense of the city and the community before even attempting to write this play and once I felt that and also um, once I felt that that I could write this and and not be that outsider who just comes in and leaves um, that's when I decided to do the research and do the interviews and um, a lot of interviews I set up through research or references and some interviews that literally were just accidental uh, interviews meeting people who didn't think they were going to be sharing such personal stories that mm-hmm. that morning that they woke up. So it's been a really interesting journey in that way. Sure, you you interviewed over eighty individuals oh, uh, yeah. in this. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, groundwork. But um, that was you know people who were connected with the crisis. Um, I believe some public officials, or were you able to talk to public um, officials in this? I approached a lot of public officials, and no one uh, responded. Hmm. And so. Um, yeah, so there's no portrayals of any any politicians. Yeah, we spoke with uh, Congressman Kildee earlier in the show and brought that up, and 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 I think I actually, uh, you know, uh, maybe phrased that a little bit wrong. That this was about interviewing him for a play earlier, uh, interviewing for about the play uh, and uh, for the play, um, and uh, so hopefully, you know, there's some some way to connect there. But yeah. uh, he says that he he never got a uh, a request, so maybe. I don't know if you want to get, give you. I would like to give you an opportunity to address that. No, I mean I did. I approached him at a, a, a housing commission meeting at the, I forgot the senior center, and I approached him. I was introduced to him by an activist in Flint, mm-hmm. and I just never heard back. And he could have forgotten, or 
whatever, but I did attempt. You know, I tried uh, Mayor Weaver. Her people were not very committed to talking to me, hmm. you know, so they have their reasons, uh, you know. So, you know, I want to give everyone a chance to speak, mm-hmm. and so I can't make people speak, so. Sure. Well, well, with those 80 individual interviews that you did do with people there, I'm curious, what were some of the more memorable or surprising moments from those interviews? What was it that sort of stuck with you? Um, the very first monologue in the play is about this father, and most of the monologue revolves around him and his guilt for being a bad father. And how his sons are in Arizona and they're in gangs and he and he struggles with that. And um, at the end of the monologue, you know, he's like, "I want to go and get my sons and bring them to Flint, but what's what's there for them in Flint?" Hmm. And why that one really hit me because um, when I decided to do the play, I drove to Flint and just just to just to feel and observe. And I was taking a picture of the uh, water tower, hmm. and there was a curvy road. There was a house behind the curvy road, and I started taking pictures. And so um, I met the person I interviewed, his wife, and then I met him who at first actually uh, kind of wanted to get into a tussle with me because he didn't know who I was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so by the end of the conversation, um, he's like, I'll bring people to talk to you when we see you again. Um, but it was just the fact that this dude came out and he talks a little bit about the water, but just more just his role as a bad father. And with this type of theater, what happens a lot of times is – that people will go on tangents mm. and it's in those tangents that you really find the truth of the stories rather than a direct answer to the question. Right. And so he just really uh, uh, stuck with me just cause he was literally the first person and just his pain felt so real. And, and, and uh, I felt honored just for being in that space. Was, was his, was his guilt wrapped up in life circumstances other than the water crisis or was it specifically about the water crisis as well was that sort of compounding this um the water crisis he talks about it at the beginning but really it's 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 his personal kind of just reflection on himself and you know there's been other plays about flint uh lifetime did a movie called flint and they all follow the timeline of when it was discovered the lead and yada 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 and i didn't want to do that i wanted to uh do a play create a play that spoke to the narratives of the people dealing with it and who will continue to deal with it. And as I did more research, it was becoming quite clear quite quickly that it wasn't just about the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, Flint is still one of the poorest cities in the country, one of the uh, most violent cities in the country. So it's really not just about fixing the water. It's about fixing Flint. And I think um, the way it's portrayed, it's like, well, we'll fix the pipes and it's over. And it's like, no, I mean, this mm-hmm. is going to have ramifications for generations. So there are people who are responsible for making sure people are taken care of. And I don't see that happening right now. It reminds me a lot of the Flint town, uh, docuseries that was on Netflix, uh, recently where I think in the, in the trailer itself, even they say, you know, we have uh, this this real problem with violent crime. We have these attitudes toward police. We have all of these issues that Flint is facing. And then you put the water crisis on top yeah. of that. I, and I thought that was really powerful because it was a reminder that this isn't just a water crisis in this city. No. It is it is crisis upon crisis upon crisis. Exactly. And so I, I so that comes through in the monologues in the play. Oh yeah, and and I mean they deal with. Uh, like I said, violence, uh, food inequity, um, the history of social inequity. It's there's so much, mm-hmm. and like I said, I wanted to get to know the people as well as um, talk about the crisis. You know, like I said, I think 
um, their stories matter. And, and a lot of my work really does deal with communities that traditionally and historically have been either forgotten or marginalized. And I feel that a lot of the people I spoke to still with all this, you know, stuff happening, feel, still feel like they're being forgotten. Mm. This is Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm speaking with Jose Casas, the uh, playwright and creator of this new play about the Flint water crisis and the people who are uh, who suffered during the Flint water crisis, still still suffering, I should say. Uh, Flint, the play, will premiere at the University of Michigan's Arthur Miller Theater tonight through April 7th and April 11th through the 14th in conjunction with an art exhibition, April 7th through the 11th at the U of M Dunderstadt Theater, or Center for Art Gather, the Art Gallery at the Dunderstadt Theater. That's a mouthful right there. Yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, there's also a symposium April 4th through the 5th at University of Michigan's Walgreen Drama Center. A free performance of the Flint Development uh, will be happening at the Flint Development Center uh, that's taking place on April 16th at 7 p.m. There will also be a, an opportunity to see a live live stream performance planned for the 19th as well. Um, now, Jose, you brought up the issue of guilt here, uh, which is what you see right off the bat. Now, you said that this sort of is wrapped up in a lot of things, but one of the things that I think of when I think of the Flint water crisis as a parent, yeah. it's, you know, the, this is something that is caused by a, a failure of government, but it has to be impossible to separate your personal feeling of guilt as a parent from I mean, from that also that, you know, um, maybe this is something that the people of Flint had no control over. But how are they dealing with that uh, as parents of children? Um, there's a few monologues that specifically deal with parents and how they speak about it, um, like the father. And actually, the father starts it and uh, a mother uh, ends the play. And she literally talks about she's from Ann Arbor and literally how her her life, her husband's life has changed and. What's really powerful about that piece for me um, is how you have this woman who seems to have lost hope, but as a mother, she's still trying to instill hope in her kids and and instill to them that they do have power, even though she struggles with it herself. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things she says, though, even though we we left uh, Flint, we took it with us. Mm-hmm. So I think I think for parents, uh, guilt is such a strong uh, through line. And, and not knowing how to do it then, uh, not dealing with it and, and feeling powerless to do anything substantial. And so um, I, I think it's a city kind of in some ways, a city kind of in limbo or in purgatory of not knowing really what to do or what the future might look like. Mm. Um, you, I mentioned this this um, free performance at the Flint Development Center on April sixteenth at seven p.m. Talk about the uh, your feeling of, of of needing to do that of 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 coming to Flint from Ann Arbor and making sure that that community had an opportunity to see this. Yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, we'd have more shows. But you mm. know, being in an educational setting, you know, we have to deal also with our students and their education and all that. But um, it was. It wasn't even a question of if we needed to. I mandated that because to do this play at the University of Michigan in a space of privilege and just that to me is unethical Mm. and immoral. And so I wanted to do it in the community because I want to send this play out and hopefully theaters want to do it. But I needed to do it in the community. and, And I don't know if it's to get permission or get a blessing, but I want the people in the audience to feel like I represented their stories authentically and truthfully. And so their their say is is really important to me. And uh, Flint Development Center has been great partners, and they've opened up 
their 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 home to us, which is great because even they acknowledge this isn't going to be a, a a easy play for the people in that theater mm. to see. Yeah, we only have a few seconds left, but really quick in a sentence or two, uh, what do you hope audiences will get out of this play? Um, basically, um, to think about what it means to be part of change, whether it's in Flint or the university or in your own lives, and and how even if it's a little bit, how can we collectively work towards changing the paradigm? And if they think about that as they leave and actually act upon it, then I think we've done all right, you know? Mm. Jose Casas, playwright and creator of the play Flint, inspired by the victims of the Flint water crisis, which debuts tonight at 7.30 at the University of Michigan's Arthur Miller Theater in Ann Arbor. Jose, thank you so much for taking the time today, especially on opening night. Uh, Thank you for helping us promote the story and getting the word out. That's all for Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer sitting in for Detroit Today. If you missed any of today's show, you can hear it and all other past editions of Detroit Today and the Detroit Today podcast. You can download and subscribe on iTunes or wherever podcasts are available. We'll hear from you tomorrow. Thank you so much.